Hi, this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. I know we have so much ahead of us in the next couple of weeks with the ret- with the anniversary, the 50th of Walt Disney World. But before we get there, I want to just celebrate the new joy that I found from an old friend as I visited the Disneyland Resort last week. While I've grown up with Disneyland and have visited throughout so many years, it's been two years since I last visited. My return was a much needed one that was filled with simple charms and a beautiful park. It was filled with Disney characters making surprise visits to beautiful flower gardens spread throughout to churros at every turn. Timeless and beloved attractions awaited us as well as experiences brand new to us. We revisited Galaxy's Edge after two years and checked out construction ongoing in Toontown. Our four days in the park did not provide us a chance to see everything and relive all that we have enjoyed prior. However, it was still joyous. So join us as we step through not only Disneyland, but Disney California Adventure, where we check out the new Mickey Filler Magic and Coco celebrations. I should mention that photos of the experience are available on DisneyAtPlay.com. So go over there and check it out, including some videos that we have added some from some key scenes. Now we've got a whole nother podcast ahead of us on Avengers and some other aspects of Disneyland. So we won't be covering that today. But boy, there is so much to cover from Disneyland. And I would be remiss to get lost in all the craziness of the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World if I didn't take the time to stop and share what is just really so amazing about this park. We came in and spent two days at Disneyland and two days at Disney California. Let's start with the Magic Kingdom of Disneyland and discuss some of the key experiences you visit there. Everything was decorated for Halloween and you saw that the moment you arrived. But as you went through the turnstiles, the familiar train station was just sitting there waiting for us. We turned either to the left or to the right to go through the tunnels into Main Street. One of the things that have been a favorite of mine forever and ever is the poster art that is found for each of the attractions. And in uh, years prior, before um, changes were made and Disney California Adventure was added, many of these attraction posters were actually found on monorail beams that cross through the parking lot. Those aren't found anymore, but they sure can be found in those two gateways that lead underneath the train tracks and into Main Street. I posted uh, two of them that really stood out. Snow White's Enchanted Wish, a new, brand new poster for, uh, for the new attraction there. And then also Star Wars, The Adventures Continue. Now, I think that's a funny poster to post because most of you have been to Star Wars out at, um, or Star Tours out at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, it's also available at Disneyland. We didn't ride it. We didn't take the time because it is a, a, a nearly identical attraction. Uh, they have only four uh, cabins as opposed to Disney Hollywood Studios six. Uh, but, um, but 
we don't ever see the attraction poster at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Here they had it with all the Star Destroyers approaching you, and it's just very cool and uh, and really well done. Uh, Star Tours is in this black lettering with with uh, light blue outlines to it. We we leave those corridors and head into Main Street again, decorated for Halloween. We'll talk about that another time because Halloween is amazing at Disneyland. The picture I posted was one of uh, of an electric car running up and down the street, the uh, double-decker bus, the horse-drawn streetcar, the fire train, all are running. One of the things I love about Disneyland is not only are they running currently, they are not running at Walt Disney World. Um, which again goes back to my, if you listen to my previous podcast, I talked about the uh, the the uh, um, courtesy trams not running from Mickey and Friends parking lot. So I find it ironic that um, these vehicles are running and you sit next to people in an outdoor vehicle, but you can't do that in any way. I won't get back into that dialogue, although you ought to check out that that um, previous podcast where we talked about some of the challenges of visiting Disneyland at this time. So if you haven't listened to that, please check out that podcast. But what I really love about the Main Street Electric Vehicles, you know, we Disney and many times Imagineers talk about the idea that there needs to be this sense of movement, the sense of motion that is going on in any given portion of the park. Tomorrowland has always traditionally been a great, um, you know, world on the move. And, and that sense of uh, motion really plays out. The kinetics is the word I'm looking for. The kinetics of Main Street really play out with the vehicles. And what I love even more is they play the vehicles. They have the vehicles up and running practically the entire day, at least usually until the afternoon parade. Now, there's no afternoon parade running, so they kind of ran toward dusk. Um, but And that was just nice because you could catch it in the middle of the day and just take it maybe back to the train station after having gone through the rest of the park if you're heading back to the hotel. So I love seeing the Main Street vehicles. These, these are timeless attractions that go back to... Oh my goodness, they go back to the first days of Disneyland, but uh, um, but they're still very much cherished at this park. We're going to go round um, clockwise through the park, and I, I should also say I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the flowers in bloom throughout the park are drop-dead gorgeous. Um Walt Disney World, other than its Flower and Garden Festival, which is spectacular, has kind of um, dialed back extensively, particularly in places like uh, like the Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios. It's, they've dialed back the, the ornateness of the flower beds and so forth. You get beautiful displays year-round in the in Disneyland and it's just it's just stunning to be part of it as you go through the park. We head into Adventureland where we of course have the Enchanted Tiki Room. The original version is the best version. I've heard I've I've seen it play out at Walt Disney World and at Tokyo Disney 
but I assure you the best version is Disneyland's. It's well lit and, and it's just a familiar scene with the Tiki God garden and show right prior to it. What's really made it even better over the last couple of years is they took a former space that was called the Tahitian Terrace and they made it and then it became uh, Aladdin themed. Uh, Aladdin's Oasis, I think it was what it was called for a number of years, although it really sat dormant. They have rethemed it to Tropical Hideaway. Uh, welcome to our tropical hideaway, you lucky people, you. Based on the words from that song, written by the Sherman Brothers, they've taken this little space and made it an open air uh, place where you can grab not only a Dole Whip, but um, uh, bao buns and other treats. I like to go over to the Bengal Barbecue and grab some of those um, really wonderful um, uh, dishes there and combine them with some of the great dishes there. Um, it, everything's just really tasty. And we did a whole lunch around just doing that. But honestly, my favorite time at Tropical Hideaway is dusk or evening when the tiki uh, torches are up. We, we badly need this kind of experience at Magic Kingdom, just a place to sit and enjoy your Dole Whip or enjoy an evening meal in the jungles of Africa. Um, in the jungles of Africa, we have, of course, the Jungle Cruise. And I had an opportunity to ride that, which has been newly refurbished just as it has been at Walt Disney World. We did a previous podcast a couple back that talks about the changes. All of those same kinds of changes have been made in Disneyland. The, the, the flow of the Jungle Cruise, if you're not familiar, is a very different one um, where we um, tend to go into the African Velt quite early on. That is actually a much later portion that happens just before the hippos. The elephant bathing pool, on the other hand, is one of the more, uh, is, is really the first big scene that you see after you kind of uh, head down the Irrawaddy River. Um, the other big difference is, is that the Magic Kingdom has this indoor temple that you go through. They don't have that at Disneyland. That's a miss, in my opinion. But the rest of it, they have some other very cool things. Uh, gorillas blowing up the river with munitions and a piranha attacking the boat. Some really great stuff that I wish were also added to the Magic Kingdom version. Interesting, and the image is shown in the uh, Disney at Play the podcast. There's a map of the river. It's an exotic looking map. It's made maybe to look even more exotic than what you see before. They've never really shown an actual map of the attraction. This is kind of new and strange. It's not bad in terms of informing people that you're going, you're visiting the jungles, the rivers of the world. I mean, you're going down the Irrawaddy, the Ganges, Ganges uh, the Congo, the Nile, uh, the Zambezi and the Amazon. Yeah, all that in one Jungle Cruise experience. So um, it's uh, it's been added as well as a number of props. Uh, props uh, that are included from the Jungle Cruise movie, just as they have been added to the Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom version. Uh, you see one of the maps that The Rock creates in his character. Um, and uh, you see a helmet, conquistador helmet, and other kinds of things. So it was it was a lot of fun to do that. It's funny because I 
I I don't have much to say this time around with Pirates of the Caribbean or with Haunted Mansion. I want to save Haunted Mansion for our discussion with Halloween, which will come after the 50th anniversary. Pirates I'm going to save for our Patreon site because we are building out a very complete, very exhaustive review of Pirates of the Caribbean across the world and and uh, my videos and work done there during this trip are going to add to that segment. So definitely check out our Patreon group, the, the Wayfinder Society, uh, because you're going to have access to all that pirate goodness. Uh, I will talk about a couple other things, though. We spent time on uh, Tom Sawyer's Island and did a video I hope to submit and to you at some point on our YouTube channel, J. Jeff Kober. Uh, love that. You know, it's it, it has been rethemed to Pirates of the Caribbean, um, kind of a, uh, the idea that Tom and Huck are looking for pirate treasure. And I forgot how many really wonderful little elements there are on that island. Um, we have a great island here at Magic Kingdom, but they do too. Um, the other thing that really was a great opportunity, not knowing when I'd be back next time at Disneyland, but I wanted to capture video and really get a chance to make a farewell to um, Splash Mountain because I anticipate by um, possibly as early as January that attraction may, uh, may go down to be changed into Princess and the Frog. And I don't have a problem with that change, but I wanted to see it play out so many more animatronics can be found in Splash Mountain than you find in the Disney World version. And the flume seems to move a lot faster. The flume, by the way, you sit in a kind of um, straddled position, similar to how you would sit in Space Mountain. It's not a side-by-side -side position, um, as similar to Space Mountain in, in Magic Kingdom. It's not a side-by-side -side position, kind of like you have at Big Thunder or that is seen in the Magic Kingdom's version of Splash Mountain. Um, so, and boy, did I get wet. And I was very surprised because when I approached the mountain, there was really no water coming down the flume itself. I mean, logs were coming down, but no real water amount, you know, that kind of sensed the waterfall coming down. So I thought, you know, they're able to adjust the water levels. And I thought to myself, well, they probably have brought down the water level today so i didn't worry and i can't believe i tried splash mountain on with white pants shorts what was i thinking any rate that water just flooded over into the log it was uh fortunately it was sunny out and i i uh, managed to uh managed to uh, get dry within an hour or two but uh, i was really glad i caught splash mountain if you haven't seen that version you want to catch it this year, because I don't guarantee that it will be around uh, next year. Uh, then I headed from there over to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, the last time I was at Disneyland was when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened. Only there was no Rise of the Resistance. And Rise of the Resistance is really just um, steps away from Critter Country, uh, where Splash Mountain is uh, here at Disneyland. And, uh, and so I got a virtual ticket to do Rise. I've talked about the virtual queue challenges that are happening at Disneyland in my previous podcast. 
But I did enjoy the chance to check out the uh, the queue. The real difference between our rise and their rise is simply the queue. Both include caves, but it's interesting because this one opened a little later. There is much more detail in the caves. I show an image of this. Um, shrines and um, archaeological remains and burial crypts. It is a much more involved uh, thematic cue than you see in the rise here. Also, the thing I noticed is that the walls seem to be about three, three and a half feet taller um, and wasn't quite as sequestered feeling, if you know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a little intimate when you're in the... Uh, the Magic King or the Disney Hollywood Studios version. So I found that to be interesting. The only other thing I, I would mention, and again, I took a photo of this when I was there. One of the big differences between Galaxy's Edge, and there aren't many differences, it is very parallel. Very, everything's laid out pretty much the same, and the rides are almost identical with the exceptions I just mentioned. Um, one difference is, is that rather than two gates leading into Galaxy's Edge, there are three. One that emanates from Fantasyland, as well as the other two, which emanate from Frontierland and Critter Country. What's We do not have that gate. Well, we have the gate, but the gate is not open. The gate sits um, next to Kylo Ren's ship in that portion across um, the way from the milk bar. And and so you can actually go to the gate at Disney's Hollywood Studios, but you really can't uh, go through the gate. And the reason why I mention all this is because one of the key uh, features that they, that they put into the mountain landscape was what I refer to as hole in the rock. There is a piece of the mountain landscape, which is essentially a hole um, bearing through the mountain. But unless you are going through that gate, which is not available at Disney World, it's hard to see. If you want to see it at Disney World, then my suggestion is, is to back up to that door, that gate, as far as you can. It's particularly interesting to see it nighttime. But you can see it in the daytime as well. But you have to be as far back as possible. Otherwise, the whole thing is eclipsed and you don't know that there is this little detail that is very cool. Can I just mention, as we head from Galaxy's Edge to Fantasyland, it was a wow experience on all accounts to see Disney characters out and about. They were at a social distance. Uh, space. Uh, I captured many of them, one of which was Maleficent sitting at the Fantasy Fair, kind of a little tower balcony in Fantasy Fair, which is to the left of Sleeping Beauty Castle. It's kind of where Princess Meet and Greet is, but she's on the outside doing this little, and I'm telling you, she, she did Maleficent. She did a great job. Improvisational conversation with guests and really just great in-character experiences. And by the way, all the character experiences we had throughout the parks were just a fantastic. You can't help but love being 
in um, Fantasyland, and we spent a good time there, partly because of the new Snow White ride, which we'll have to talk about at some point, but also because, um, also because um, of just little details there that you don't see at the Magic Kingdom. I mentioned Fantasy Fair on the left, as you face the castle. On the right is Snow White's Wishing Well. And again, we'll talk about Snow White's Enchanted Wish another time, but but this is a beautiful little tribute with these marble little statues of Snow White. You hear her singing, I'm wishing. There's a little wishing well you can throw a coin in, make a wish. The money goes to help um, children everywhere um, in need. And it's just very sweet. Another little, little beautiful spot is Storybook Land. Whether you take it by Casey Jr. Circus Train or by one of the Storybook Land canal boats, each one named after a different Disney um, princess or fairy. And you just take these beautiful little trips to see these miniature villages of Frozen and Pinocchio and Alice and Snow White and Cinderella and um, Little Mermaid. It's just, it is such a, a great little piece that we don't have here in Florida. They recently did some modifications on their King Arthur carousel. I believe it's a smaller, I think there's 72 steeds with um, the one at Magic Kingdom being 96. Beautiful carousel. Um, they redid the tarp portion and they added some gold uh, trim to the top of this. I mean, this thing looks regal. The purple and the gold just day and night punch up, punch up and it's very impressive. Just a little Disney secret there. Every night they go, the, the, the brass bars that hold the horses together, those are polished every night at Disneyland. There, it takes one person practically the whole night to go through all 72 and polish those brass handles. Um, we don't do that at Magic Kingdom because they put kind of a plastic film over the brass handle, which I think looks incredibly cheap, but it keeps spares them the expense of, I guess, polishing every night. But, but at Disneyland, they're still beautiful and polished. and The whole thing just shines. Speaking of things that really shine, um, I've talked about the differences in It's a Small World especially between the Disneyland version and the Magic Kingdom version, which I'm glad for the little paint job that they've been doing on the um, boarding area, boarding and disembark location of It's a Small World at Magic Kingdom. But boy, if you haven't seen this, go on to the video that I have as part of this post at DisneyandPlay.com. And play the video you will see so much happening it's a longer it's a longer canal boat it's a it's a it sits in a canal it does not sit in a flooded plain like Magic kingdom so it's not as good in that regard but it's a much longer version partly because there are portions you come to it where it's just black draped on one side and your focus is placed toward the other side of the canal that makes the it's it's not so much that they're that that Walt Disney World is missing sections, although there is no section to America as there is been added to Disneyland. 
but it but the detail the level of detail is so much more above and beyond particularly in the exterior you can't miss it again i encourage you to see that um, video if you haven't seen the attraction all the way through it's just so gorgeous so from here we're going to move to disney california adventure um, I captured a great little spot as you entering the park. Um, I love Buena Vista Street. Lots of details. I'm doing a new section for Wayfinder Society on Buena Vista Street later uh, within, well, within this next year. So I captured a lot of photos. Things like a, uh, a doorway or a number sign, um, address sign that said 2638 and a half. <laughs> I thought that was... Very clever. Trolley Treats has this um, candy mountain with a little train going through it. This is based on actually a candy mountain that was being considered for that storybook land that we talked about earlier. Um, it didn't succeed. At Halloween, they do decorate that candy mountain a little bit. So that's very cool. Um, Hollywood uh, Backlot is the most lacking of all the spaces. By the way, you notice, I haven't even talked about Tomorrowland. I will tell you, I spent probably five minutes of my entire stay in Tomorrowland. We didn't do Space Mountain, didn't need to do uh, Star Tours, didn't need to do Autopia. So we kind of missed out. And the Submarine Voyage was not working, which I would have done, which would have brought me in there longer. Um, monorails also were not working, so I missed that moment. Um, it's lacking. And, you know, there was a promise that when Galaxy's Edge was going to take over a different area of the park, there was a promise to revisit Tomorrowland. I'm still waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. There needs to be a little bit more improvement made on Hollywood backlot at Disney California Adventure. But one thing that was made that I just got to stop and talk about is Mickey's Filler Magic. Now that show has been running a little while at uh, DCA. Uh, when you go in, um, first of all, what they've done is they've added a theater marquee and an entrance off of the main street into Mickey's Filler Magic. And it's a beautiful marquee, digitally done with a lot of neon. It's beautiful. And it's a smart way to get guests into that attraction because most people didn't even know it was back there. So that was smart. And it says Mickey's Filler Magic now featuring Coco. Oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about Coco in just a moment. But let me talk about theater. The theater was actually a Muppet theater originally. And when you step in, you'll see it looks reminiscent of, of Muppet theater. That is a much longer theater instead of a wide theater like the one we have at Magic Kingdom. That prevented them from doing a lot of the wider animation that you see during segments such as um, I Just Can't Wait to Be King um, in Mickey's Filler Magic. Notwithstanding, the thing that stood out um, was that this version of Mickey's Filler Magic had been rendered digitally. The film you see in the Magic Kingdom is a celluloid i mean it, it it's 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 a film print and every time i see it it looks dull it looks blurry you see specks on it from dust and dirt that shows up on the print 
it, it never impresses me, and it's been one of the reasons why I really avoid the attraction. It's not pleasant to look at. Oh boy, the digital version was amazing. It was like a brand new film I was seeing. It was so, so over, so far improved. It looked like they had re-rendered because these were some of the original Disney characters put into computer graphics. This is back in 2004. I mean, this is just, this is a nearly 20 year old film. And I wondered what was gonna happen because the Coco segment is being added and that's a more up-to-date um, computer graphic rendering. So, but the whole thing digitally had been recomposited and oh, it looked beautiful. Now it was on a slightly smaller version the way they displayed it here. I am hoping that when I get to see it on the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, that it is filling the entire screen. I'm really hoping that because it is digitally a beautiful print to watch. And I'll be disappointed if we see an old film uh, print. To that was the Coco section. And I knew um, uh, that they were going to sing Un Poco Loco which is done in the show on a little stage in the heart of, in the middle of the city. What they did, and they did do a portion of it in, on that stage, but they also did portions of it going through the city on the little electric trolley they have. It's so gorgeous, so beautiful. That is a beautiful film to begin with. And now we have it added to Mickey's Filler Magic and Donald in the middle of it. My daughter made the best comment she said how come donald didn't add jose and panchito um to to this and we had the three caballeros singing with uh singing with coco that would have been even even better next door is also a slightly overlooked um attraction monsters incorporated uh it's it is a dismissed attraction for several reasons. First of all, it was a, um, uh, I think it was called Superstar Limousine when the park first opened. And it really dealt with Hollywood celebs and the paparazzi. And it premiered around the same time that Princess Di uh, was involved in that terrible accident that took her life and, and by the way, was uh, involved the paparazzi so it just seemed like really tacky and really wasn't a well-presented attraction cohesive attraction they rethemed it to monsters incorporated and the other reason why maybe people dismiss it is because there are there's a better monsters incorporated um uh attraction uh at tokyo disneyland and it's monsters incorporated peak of Boo, sneak peek, something of that nature. But you're using some guns um, to actually identify um, monsters in the laugh in the in the attraction, and so it's a little bit more engaging and interactive. And just it's Tokyo Disneyland, so the details are better. But still, it's a monsters ride, and it's not bad. As the other, if I can name a third reason why people are discount this attraction is because there was a lot of talk about doing a roller coaster for monsters that would involve the laugh floor and the whole doors kind of moving 
uh, like dry cleaning, you know, coming in and out. Um, there is a doors section. It's pretty good. And and Roz at the end makes comments at you while you're sitting in your vehicle ready to disembark. That's really great. It's It could be better, but it's not bad. And it's certainly worth checking out when you're there. And actually, there was quite a queue, quite a, quite a line most of the day actually there. Let me just mention one other thing before we leave Hollywood Backlot. Animation Academy, um, well, it's, there's a whole section devoted to different things related to Walt Disney Animation. There's an Animation Academy where you learn to draw Disney characters. There was a Frozen meet and greet that's on hiatus. There's an interactive area. Um, there's a turtle talk. So there are all these different components. But in the centerpiece of this are these set of screens that, that show a montage of Disney animation, Disney Pixar animation films. Oh, it's so beautiful. And the music and the sound, this is a beautiful place. We'll get some video up on this at a later time, but it is definitely one of my favorite place in uh, Hollywood uh, Studios backlog. We're jumping over Avengers Campus. So much to share. We got to make that into an entire podcast of itself. This one's already moving forward. Let's talk about Radiator Springs, which I realized as I was standing in line, it's not part of my top 10 attractions in all theme parks around the world. I will assure you that is changing shortly because I was thinking about how on the list there is um, Journey to the Center of the Earth from Tokyo Disney Sea, which is a great attraction and utilizes kind of the same technology as as the test track radiator springs uh vehicle technology but darn there's so many really great little moments in the queue in the canyon that is all lit up at night which this time of year is lit up in blues and greens and oranges for halloween it and the indoor attraction portion where you go into radiator springs and meet the cars and and deal with each of them individually before you go out and race. It, there, this is definitely one of the best attractions. This is worth getting a ticket to go to Disneyland Resort just to experience this. Do not. This is not your father's test track. This is an amazing attraction that takes test track technology and takes it to a story level that's just so beyond anything else. Um. Rounding out, we went over to Pixar Pier, enjoyed uh, riding the Incredicoaster. I noted Jesse's Critter Carousel, which we had a chance to, to check out. It's beautiful at night with its lighting and with Jesse kind of lassoing a cactus. Um, also, one of the attractions that was in Bugs Life has been taken and rethemed to Inside Out. Um, uh, and that too is beautiful. And I, you, the time to visit Pixar Pier is nighttime. Save, save your evening for Pixar Pier because it is just beautiful with all the lights of the boardwalk. We did, however, also take uh, Ferris Wheel up and, and captured some views of, um, of the park, which is also just really lovely and 
we also had a chance, I was going to include this in the Halloween segment because it's Dia de los Muertos, but they have a musical celebration of Coco at Disney California Adventure uh, in Plaza de la Familia is what they, they tile the area. And they have a bunch of exhibits. One of the very cool things is you can take a little card and write a recuerda or a memory to some ancestor who, or family or loved one or friend that has passed on and hang it with all the others. And there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these hanging. And it's very sweet to, to just take a minute and study those and see what people have written to people that that are that have moved on and that um that somebody hadn't forgotten but they have this wonderful musical celebration of coco i've included the video of that on disney at play.com and you'll definitely want to check this out great singer but there are dancers beautiful costumes and fantastic little puppets um some of the, the skeletons from um the land of the the muertos but also one of our little our little boy in Coco playing the guitar. And it's just, it's sweet. It is a great little show. It's about a 12, 14 minute show. Plays all the songs of Coco. It's just fantastic. I can't help. Well, actually one of our, my, uh, one of the folks who are um, on Patreon decided this week to head out to Disneyland and check it out. So we uh, we hope that they are having a great time um, out there enjoying uh, Disneyland Hudson's. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the happiest place on earth. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, this is their first time going to Disneyland. They had never been out there before and they'd been listening to these podcasts and, and, uh, and other things and decided that they would check it out and so um you should check it out too you should also check out our wayfinder society because for as little as a dollar a month you not only help to support this podcast and attending websites but you get access to our disney at play interactive guides there are different levels of it two of them are for disney fans who want to know more about the parks inside out we have this amazing interactive guide to um, to Pandora, World of Avatar. We mentioned earlier our ongoing series on Pirates of the Caribbean worldwide. But we have two other uh, levels, and they're for folks out you out there like you who, you know, maybe you uh, used to go to a conference or a convention or attended some kind of training every year. And because of COVID, you're not. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, join our levels of Adventure and Navigator and you get a chance to get some discoveries. There are two of them at play right now. One is an interactive tour of Disneyland itself, looking at best in business practices. Very cool. And then we are doing one that celebrates the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And that's cool because my competitor, my former, uh, well, my former, uh, um, employer has actually created their 50th version but i will tell you mine is a lot more affordable and probably has better insights better organized and and all the interactive fun of it so God, please go check out the patreon group also make sure that in addition to this podcast channel you're listening to please visit disneyatplay.com disneyatwork.com 
subscribe to these websites, go out to iTunes and, um, and offer us um, a favorable rating and review uh, and subscribe to J. Jeff um, Cober on YouTube. Uh, there are ways to support us, so please join and help us out if you can. And by the way, I just want to mention, if you're getting around to visiting the Disney parks or Cruise Line or Ventures by Disney, hey, give David Zanola a call because he and along with the team at Out the Door Travel are going to help you um, get ready. And you, he knows. He knows Disneyland. He knows these parks. We talk about it all the time. Um, and he's going to get you all ready and set up for it and it won't cost you a dollar more. So all sorts of things to check out as you uh, further your enjoyment of all things Disney. Well, that concludes it for this podcast. Yes, we are heading back. We've got so much to cover at Walt Disney World, but we'll be back to cover Avengers Campus and other things at Disneyland. So just keep Keep an eye on this podcast because we're going to have multiple podcasts. And of course, we will be at Disneyland for the 50th anniversary. Uh, I, we will be at the Magic Kingdom for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, followed by Epcot with the premiere of Harmonious on October 2nd. So we've got so much coming. Make sure you stay connected. We thank you for joining us. And remember, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day, and we'll see you real soon. Mm -hmm.